On today's show, we welcome Johnny Luna Lima, a mountain runner and obstacle course racer from Boulder, Colorado. Welcome to the show, Johnny. Hey, how are you doing? Um, psyched to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Mate, I'm so excited about having you on. I've been uh, watching your Instagram feed, and in in recent times, you've been having, uh, you know, you know, quite some success. I see you crossing the finish line, you know, pumping your fists. You've got, you know, the most defined abs on planet Earth. Um, obviously, look fit as anything. Um, but for people who you know are listening that haven't actually come across you yet, could you tell us a little bit about your endurance life? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so I grew up playing soccer. I played soccer from when I was about four to 19 years old. And, uh, the dream goal, I guess, was to be a professional soccer player. Um, but unfortunately I got a little burnt out. So I decided to, um, hang my cleats up. But then as I was watching TV one day, I saw, uh, Spartan race world championships. Um, just, being showed on TV and it just the idea of rugged mountain running just really excited me and I thought dang I could really do this thing um and then a couple months later I signed up for my first Spartan race uh and it went well and now I'm here and now I focus on Spartan racing well obstacle horse racing and uh mountain running and it's been awesome so far I'm pretty I'm new to to both sports, I'd say, and pretty young in my endurance athlete career. Well, very young in my endurance athlete career. Um, but so far, um, it's been uh, it's been quite the ride. You just learn so much, and it's, it's been awesome. Yeah, so that's interesting. So, you know, you've got this dream. Um, it doesn't quite work out, and then you've managed to still, you know, end up in a pretty successful place. And, and by the seams of it, um, you know, you, you know, we'll be digging into it in a little bit of time. But you know, you you seem to really have a good mo- mindset dialed in, willing to put in the work. Um, and so, I'm I'm sort of keen to sort of see you. You see this race; it, it looks challenging as anything, and you think, "Yep, this is a right fit for me." And you go and do this because you know a lot of people would 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 see these things on TV, and it's like, no, nah. you know, it's like it's a bet. You know, you might bet your friend, and I hear stories of that. Um, you know, I'll bet you do it. Maybe ego gets involved. We go and do this thing, but you look at it and you're like, yeah, that's that's me. This 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 incredibly difficult event. Um, you turn up and you said it went well. Tell us about what that first race was like. Can you remember back to that first race? Uh, yeah. Um, so it was the first race I did was I. Th- I believe 2015 it was the Spartan race in Las Vegas um and then I ended up finishing I believe it was seventh or ninth um but then got bumped back to like 12th because I didn't do all my burpees on a missed obstacle um (laughs) uh yeah but that's a shame yeah that's a shame I mean who knew that they actually counted your burpees I didn't I didn't really care I was just there to um give give it my best effort um Mm -hmm. but and then i just it was interesting it was interesting because like that venue in particular wasn't what caught my eye initially um because the spartan race world championship at the time was in vermont and it was just like this uh rugged um i guess dark uh east coast rocky mountain um really steep and then this venue in las vegas was just in the desert really rocky um you had one hill and the rest was all flat and 
um, it was just a blast to really just test myself in a different environment. Um, and you just sort of get to know a different side of yourself that you just didn't know you had, especially like in my case, I was just playing soccer my whole life. Um, so, I mm. mean, Las Vegas really sparked um, this new passion, which eventually evolved into mountain running and just mountains in general. And so you're pretty fit, right? You're, you're training like, you know, uh, uh, an obscene amount to, to try to become, you know, to, to, to reach your goal for when, you, when you're in the, um, you know, before getting into this. You then turn up, how many people are at this event? Like, I mean, you know, to give us a bit of a, you know, I guess context around coming seventh or ninth before they bump you back because you're burpees. Yeah. But like yeah, so, you know, even, even 12th, how many people um, are kind of at this event, do you think? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, uh, that event in particular, I mean, generally in Spartan races, the elite wave, um, which is the first wave to go off. Um, so they have the two elite waves, men and women. The men are generally sent off first. It's about 200 men and then 200 women. Um, but then in total, in an event in a Spartan race, uh, just throughout the day, you'll have about anywhere from, t uh, 10 to 30,000 participants, depending Whoa. how, how big the event is. Um, because yeah, a lot of people just show up to just, uh, conquer the course, so to say. Oh, that'd be me. Um, that'd be me. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I wanna make you never know, man. You never know. There's plenty of people that show up. They're like, Oh, that was fun. I, let's see how fast mm -hmm. I can go, you know? Um, but then I guess right out the, like, I'm, I'm just super competitive, I guess. <laughs> and right out the gate, I decided that the elite wave was the fit for me. It was funny because uh, my dad went to the race with me and then he, when he found out I registered for the elite wave, he just rolled his eyes. He was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah, still coming like in the top, top end of the field, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that was exciting because um, uh, my dad really didn't know what to expect. I mean, he ran marathons his whole life, and then he had me hop into a couple of 5Ks and whatnot and half marathons when I was younger. And then we show up to this uh, really unique event with obstacles, but like a lot of running mixed in. I think it was, that day in particular, it was nine miles of running, and he just didn't know what to expect. Um, and he got he was just really excited to see me running happily again mm. um so yeah it was a special day yeah. it was, it was nice a, it was nice cool. nice to be yeah. there with dad and do, do okay so tell me about this um lure of the mountains like you know when i and, and you know not to limit anybody but like you know soccer um you know it's it's a very uh flat kind of sport you know what i mean so so where does this lure for the mountains come from like is it the challenge of climbing them or is it is it the scenery like you you you've mentioned just a few times that like really it seems to me that the mountains um and you love that mountain running like that seems to be the the a big thing for you where do you think that sort of started yeah that's a that i think about that every now and then and it really developed in a really organic way um because after that first spartan race um i ended up somehow qualifying for the spartan race world championships and then that year in 2015 they were in lake tahoe um at squaw valley and then so i figured that the best way to train for this race would be to uh run up and down the mountain a bunch of times <laughs> and then i guess it was just in those long training days that 
um, I just really started enjoying just being in the mountains, you know? It's such a diverse and varied... Um, uh, terrain's not the right... It's just so... It's There's such a variety of things you can do in the mountains, even if you are mountain running. Like, you can, you're just running up a a road not road but a fire road and then it switches to single track and then all of a sudden you're scrambling sort of on a ridge line and then you're running down rocky mountains and i think uh that 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 diversity of it really attracts me but then also the it's just a really for me it's a quite mindful process in a way you know it, it gives me time to just be with me and really pursue something i really enjoy but um yeah i guess it is quite a big change from soccer where you're just um stuck sort of sort of stuck in this rectangle you know limited to this rectangle so i guess the one thing that really attracts me from the mountains is just the freedom it gives me you know to Mm. sort of explore and just just be me um without having to worry about um anything else yeah, and it seems like like not only is there this competitive push the boundaries, uh, you know, endurance person within you, you've also got this adventure at heart, and the two of those things really go together, like yin and yang for for both um, obstacle course racing and mountain running. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think to be a good um mountain runner or obstacle course racer you really got to embrace and appreciate the adventure that comes with every race whether it's a good race or a bad race and you got to be there for the experience and what you can take out of it and learn with it you know um if you're just there for the results then um it can be a slippery slope i mean something I think about a lot just because like when I played soccer, I just fell into this weird cycle of wanting to be a professional soccer player. And even though I didn't really enjoy playing anymore. So um, mm-hmm. I guess in the mountain running and uh, obstacle course racing, I really embrace just the whole process of it. Um, and Yeah, that's really interesting. Possible. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I find that really intriguing. Like, even though you've got, like, say, mad skills, um, you know, it, in the end, it's probably, and it might have been hard to take initially, you know, having it conk out because you had this idea in mind for so long that this is who I want to be, this is what I want to do. But then, you know, when, when it decouples and all of a sudden the joy leaves and it's now just work, you know, then it's not so much of a dream anymore. It's it's probably starts to potentially turn into a little bit of a nightmare. And, um, you know, that that's, you know, very intriguing to me that maybe, you know, one of the best things ever was that you needed to take a break. Um, and that's just randomly all of a sudden this other thing pops up and you're like, whoa, actually, hey, this sparks that joy again inside you. Now you're off to the races, literally off to the obstacle court races. Um, and so you, you follow this passion, you follow it through, you know, four years, um, from Las Vegas to now, it is a relatively short amount of time. And and for you to be achieving the success that you are now, I mean, one, it shows quite the work ethic, but, um, you know, also the passion, but also that there is quite a level of talent there. And so what has it been like since 2015? So you've mentioned, um, you know, the world championships, um, you know, Lake Tahoe, what since then, like, you know, has it just been a steady progression sort of up the leaderboard, um, all the way to this most recent race? Um, 
Yeah, so that first year in Lake Tahoe, um, I ended up finishing 19th in the World Championship. I think I was 19 years old at the time. But I would say it, was, it wasn't a steady progression. And it wasn't necessarily that uh, I wasn't fit or talented enough. It, I just ran into other struggles, just like injuries. So just to, I guess, give more background. So I started racing in 2015. And then I raced all of 2015. And then as I was starting 2016, I came about with a stress fracture in my tibia. Um, which stemmed from an old soccer injury. And then I tried my best. Oh, unfortunately, I tried my best to run through that. Um, and it just really progressed into a bad um, fracture. So then I ended up having to take about a year and a half off of running completely. Um, and that year and a half, um, I just, uh, it, was, it was tough, you know. Um, you can't run. But I... Uh, I made the most of it. You know, I still fed my passion. I did as much research as I could um, about mountain sports and mountain running. Um, just fed the passion in different ways. Um, and then I still kept up with racing. And then in 2017, um, in April, I got back to racing, um, Spartan races. And then that year, I uh, it, was a, it was a solid year for me. Um, I was injury-free, but I just couldn't run as much as I would like to to have results um and then I I guess we'll just use Spartan Race World Championships as a way to monitor my progress um and then 2017 I ended up finishing 11th at Spartan Race World Championships and then came around 2018 um and then where I was just uh fluked with injuries just like injuries left and right um so I think from January to June in 2018, I spent about two and a half months, three months injured. So I really wasn't able to train, you know, any solid running. And that was that was really tough, you know. Um, but then later that year, I went to compete in Europe and Spartan Race European Championships where um, it went well. I ended up finishing third, but then it came at a cost. I got really bad knee injury and then I was just at that point I was just so frustrated and confused I couldn't understand why I kept getting these injuries I was like you know I'm a young dude I have a healthy diet it's not like I'm running like an obscene amount at the time I was running maybe I don't know five hours a week or something like that four to five hours but geez injuries just kept hitting me and then I was really fed up so um I found a uh I did research looking for someone that could help me figure out what was wrong. And then I found a coach who's been working with me since middle of 2018. And then luckily we've been able to work out many kinks and I've been running um, injury free since, since last November or so. Um, and then now I'm here. <laughs> nice. And then most recently yeah. um, you, you, you come across the line first. Is that, is that the first? Yeah. One? Yeah, Tell so that's my that first. One. That's so. Uh, yeah, that's my first major win in here here in the U.S. Um, against, uh, I guess, it's the top of the sport in Spartan racing. So in Spartan races, we have Spartan racing. We have a sort of a series of five races throughout the year, um, which is called the National Series. And then each race, you get points, um, and then you get ranked accordingly. Um, and then I guess that's where the 
that's where the most competitive Spartan racing is right now. Um, and then you also have the world championship, which is like the, the queen bee of the races. That's where your best guys from all over the world come. And then some really talented mountain runners also show up. Um, but then this last race was the fourth race in the U S national series for 2000. Yeah. For this year. And, um, yeah, I was fortunate enough uh, to come across in the first spot. Um, it was uh, that must have been cool. It was, it was, yeah, it was a really unique experience because um, the guy who came in second has just always been one of my idols ever since I like came into the sport. Um, so that was just a, it was an interesting race because you go from like really, I don't know, having this essentially like this idol, you know, that you didn't know if it was possible to be or like be as fit as in a race. And then I had to make a decision on the spot, like whether, okay, Johnny, like, are you going to believe yourself and fight for believe in yourself and fight for the top spot? Or are you going to, um, uh, just be intimidated and, and not fight, I guess. And so that was a unique, unique experience. And, um, it's been quite a ride, I'd say. <laughs> um, That's interesting. So did you just get, like, you're in the race, and then it comes to a point where all of a sudden, because, like, you know, I see that some of these obstacle races are just laps, do you know? Some of them seem yeah. to be, like, much longer. Um, yes. In this one, was it was it lapped, or was it um, just no, a big No, so Spartan loop? races are just uh, essentially, imagine a trail race, um, so you, it's a big loop. So this one in particular, it was a 12-mile loop, with about um, 5,300 feet of elevation gain. What is that? That's like 1,300, 1,400 meters of elevation gain or so. Yeah, yeah, so it was a loop, and then they, I guess, sprinkle in obstacles. Um, So I guess the biggest obstacle uh, in that race was obviously the the running itself, just because you have really steep climbs and steep descents. And then some of the obstacles are, you know, you get your usual monkey bars, some other hanging obstacles, and then you have the heavy carries, which is a sandbag carry, and then a bucket carry. Um, yeah, so it really tests you in a unique way. Mm, interesting. So did you sort of see yourself catching him? Was Were you leading? Like, you know, all of a sudden when, you, when you're having this mental battle of should I dig it and, and believe in yourself, is that pre-race, during race? Um, like when, so, when is that happening? I guess like I, I'd, I'd been having this mental battle all season, um, because my training was, was showing that I was fit enough to take, to be on the podium. Um, but I just kept having this, I guess, battle within me, like, uh, just, uh, some self doubt, you know, and just like scared to really push to that red line and risk blowing up but i guess in this race it um so we started and then spartan races just have a nature of having a really fast start even if they are really long and it was in the second climb of the race i found myself um in second place and then feeling good enough and then i decided to pass him right there i think it was mile three or so um and then just at the top, by the time we hit the, I guess, top of the climb, I had opened a close to a minute gap. And then I just kept pushing hard from there. Um, 
but it was a it was a sort of surreal um experience in that way that you don't really uh you don't really i don't know i was just i always idolized this athlete so much um and then just having it right there in front of me was really special um, yeah but I guess yeah that's the incredible tables, the tables are sort of different now because now next race i go to like i know that um it's i gotta i gotta i gotta fight and i gotta believe and um gotta work you know <laughs> yeah because now that you're reaching the front there's going to be people idolizing you coming up behind you plus the veterans and yeah, that, that, i find that so intriguing like you're now you're now one of the best like that's kind of a cool thing these people that you've kind of like you know looked up to and admired you know potentially winning and beating them and so like it's interesting to think like there's going to be all other people now um looking at you i mean even i'm inspired from afar but people looking at you and thinking oh my gosh could i ever be as as fast or as or as fit as johnny and 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 you're the one now you're you've got to that pinnacle point and and obviously still um you know in your mind you've you've got plenty of growing um left to do and and a lot of fight left in you which is very exciting I'd love to um, find out a little bit more. Like, you you went from injury, 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 injury. It almost sounds like basically um, not even from event to event. It actually kind of sounds like injury to injury with some events in between. And yeah. all of a sudden you get this coach. What changed to all of a sudden become injury-free because um, – or coaches? Um, because it sounds to me a little bit like um, some sort of miracle path out of what – you know, because some people could just – be prone to injury perhaps or you know yeah what was it that changed to allow you to be injury free yeah um so I guess playing soccer I mean uh you're constantly squeezing your feet into tiny boots and uh just playing through all sorts of injuries and then unfortunately like the coach the strength coaches and whatnot and the well in yeah strength coaches and the um that you get with teams just are quite subpar <laughs> and, and just increase the chance of injury so much more for young athletes. And then, so when I finished playing soccer and I go into this new sport, essentially running super repetitive, I guess I'd been carrying all these injuries from soccer. And then, um, and then I, it, it was, it, I didn't notice that I was carrying these injuries until um, I started talking to people and like understanding what was actually going on. And then someone referred me to uh, my current coach, uh, one of my current coaches, Taylor Cruz. Um, and then he, we did a lot of, I guess, movement, um, movement evaluations, uh, movement screenings, and then based off those movement screenings, he found that I pretty much had the mobility of like a 80 year old man. Oh <laughs> so, no, really? So, so that's really not conducive to trying to train at a high level or run at a high level, you know? Um, so then we spent, I, I think we spent close to three months only working on mobility and restoring function. Um, and that was, the, I, that was the biggest change, I guess for me as an as an athlete um so I essentially through all that time just doing mobility we were able to prepare my body for the dynamic stress of trail running and 
um, just high, I guess, higher volume of running and cycling and whatnot. And then I also have a running coach. His name is Ian Hosek. Um, he were, well, he has his own coaching company called Hosek Performance Engineering. And then uh, he he's really he's helped me build my my running volume slowly but surely. We literally started at maybe thirty minutes of running per week, and now I'm fortunately I'm hovering at seven to eight hours of running per week, and we're building injury free. I mean, this was all this was quite a long process. Um, I've been working with Ian for a couple of years, but um well two years or so um but we had slight roadblocks just because of my lack of mobility and and my body just wasn't prepared for that type of stress even though we were building quite slowly and frankly like i would kind of stop listening to him just because (laughs) i thought i was made out of steel (laughs) but then this year like i really decided to okay i'm gonna listen to ian he's a really very smart coach like like he's constantly doing research and like better understanding the best ways to coach people and develop um healthy strong well-rounded runners and then i decided to really focus with taylor cruz on fixing those mobility issues and with those two combined i mean we're able to um really kick my training into higher gear and take i guess my performance to the next level um so by all yeah, means, interesting. like, um, I guess what I've learned um, in these past couple of months, um, well, this past year is that, um, yeah, some people are injury prone and some people aren't injury prone. But at the end of the day, um, durability in sports is earned. It's definitely not given. It doesn't matter who you are, you know, like if you aren't, if you are very durable, I promise you that's not going to last forever unless you really take care of yourself. That's just the way mm-hmm. things are. Um, and if you are injury prone, like, I promise you that is not the case because the human body is meant, it's designed to literally just take on all sorts of different stresses and it's possible to fall out of, uh, injury cycles, like to, that's not the best way to put it. It's possible to be injury free and have your body be ready for a diverse amount of stresses. Yeah. And, and this, this whole, like, Hey, um, like you probably would have felt like you're, you know, um, the, the sequel to Benjamin Button when someone sits there and says to you, Hey, um, you know, the, the movie where Brad Pitt ages backwards and it's like, well, you know, cause you're super young and it's like, well, yeah, you, you know, it's equivalent to an 80 year old. That would have been like just a smack in the face. I reckon to hear that, you know, like, yes, they do those medical tests and they're like, well, your, your, your age is this, but your medical age is, and, and then it's, you know, some, some, some like, Oh God, I'm unfit. I need to get fit. And, and for someone that's actually been super fit to hear anything about, um, 80 years old, apologies to any, 80 year olds out there that are you know still quite limber but um you know it, it, i do find that so interesting so mobility and and like I'm, I'm hearing that word but i am keen to understand what what is that like you know is that like range of motion in muscles and and how are you um how are you becoming how are you working on mobility i guess i'm, I'm keen to understand yeah so mobility is essentially um having control of your full range of motion um 
yeah, having control of your, I guess, your limbs, full range of motion, um, actually having full control, you know, uh, and being aware of where that control ends and starts. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, these mobility exercises, I mean, there's plenty. Um, there's, you have your traditional 90-90 and, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's because my mobility completely changed. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> but no, I guess in mine, in my, like, the, the way we practice mobility with, with Taylor is uh, it's very focused mobility. We literally move um, every joint in the body with purpose. You know, we, you, we try to move every joint in the body with full amount of control. Um, so it starts literally at your ankles and then we focus on the knees and then the hips and then the pelvis and then your lumbar spine, your thoracic spine, um, and your cervical spine as well. And your jaw, you, so you literally, it's literally a queen, clean sleep, uh, clean sweep throughout the whole body. You know, you can't leave one stone unturned. You got to cover your bases. Um, if you want to move better, um, through all ranges of motion and be injury free, um, so first, like we start the, I guess the basic mobility, which is uh, just learning to move your joints. And then after you can move your joints, you move them under load to kind of replicate what you might encounter in a trail if you like roll your ankle, for example. Um, so like you move your joints under load in training. So then when you happen to get in a compromised position in a trail run, uh, you have a fighting chance to come out uncompromised if that makes sense jeez mm. it's interesting to think how people have been able to come up with this sort of stuff to work out that that's what's required to put these things in place um you know again like talking to someone like i love the no stone unturned but talking to a young bulletproof athlete and going well what we're going to do now is move your jaw because that's really going to help with your running you know whatever you probably like some somewhere inside you're like come on now but then at the same time you know if, if you're seeing these gains and you're seeing these wins and and like you know you've really said no i'm actually going to listen to every single no. thing because <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's funny you say that because uh when i started working with uh Taylor, it was, he literally had me tilting my ankle. And I like, in my head, I'm like, I can run down mountains and be fine. And you want me to tilt my damn ankle? It's like, this is a waste of time. But then I decided to, you know, at that point, I was desperate. I was like, okay, something, you got to fix what is going on, you know? So like, even like, this is better than nothing, you know? Um, Mm. So... (laughs) Yeah, it, it's, well, that's cool. And it's recognizing really meticulous, um, it's really meticulous um, work. You know, it's not always super sexy, and like you're not barreling down mountains constantly or charging up them. Like a lot of it is taking your time, doing the small stuff, doing your due, due diligence. And you know, it's like I guess you can think of it as a way of, of repaying your body for all the great things it does. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Mm, yeah see that's even like a like a race car you know and i think at times you kind of 
um, talk about the coaches as if they're like some pit crew, um, you know, which yeah. I think is, is really cool. But like even like a race car, I mean, it only races so much. It gets out in the track for, for track runs and it's working out the bugs. But for a lot of other time, it's actually in the shop um, getting tuned and getting finely tuned and getting ready for race day. Um, so, you know, in a way, it, it makes sense to have both. Um, but, you know, busy lives, busy whatever, ego, who, who knows what. Sometimes we can we can sort of miss that. And, and one of the yeah. things that you, you mentioned, you know, and, and it's 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 been abundantly clear throughout this whole chat that that you have, you know, a really really interesting mindset and an approach to things and and a and a competitiveness and a and a, and a grittiness, um, you know, and a willing a willingness to really get out there and win. But you know, from from your perspective, if you had to say what you think makes up a successful mindset, what 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 would that be like for you? Yeah, um, successful mindset. I would say, like, um, I, it's definitely the, for me, it's the pursuit of mastery, I'd say. Like, that sounds super cliche, but um, <laughs> it's, I really, it's, yeah, it, it's cool to win all these races, you know, um, and all that. But I don't think I'd be fulfilled unless, like, I really in, enjoy what I'm doing. Like, I like the races are kind of a way to, um really dial in my fitness so that I can move through the mountains well, you know? Um, so I guess, um, that when that mindset for me is like to be a complete athlete, um, to be a really solid runner, to be a really solid uphill runner, to be a flawless downhill runner, um, to have the skills to be able to climb a wide variety of mountains um and it's just really um taking pride in doing what is necessary in order to achieve your goals um and to just become the the best version of yourself so to say um even um and then hopefully race results come with that um but i'd say like for me um a successful mindset is being willing to um really pursue um whatever your your uh your area is to the best of your ability and just keeping yourself honest at all costs and being able to look in the mirror and see what you're lacking and what you need whether whether that's in sport or in life um so i'd say yeah the successful mindset is that pursuit of mastery you gotta be willing to do what is necessary to be um to be great at what you do. <laughs> mm, I love that. And it, Cause then it's like, again, it's like, there's no finish line really. Like, you know, you just can continue on and becoming a master really is kind of like a lifelong thing. And that largely um, sounds to me like, because you love it so much, um, you know, that's going to allow you to have that passion long-term. I, I feel like you mentioned a word before and meticulous. It really feels like that word would be at the core of, of that whole pursuit as well, because you're not just saying, well, I mean, I'm fast and here's my time. You're actually going back and saying, well, I want to be the best up. I want to be the best down and not the best versus others. Whilst that's a good side benefit, it really sounds to me like the best that you can be. Um, yeah, and, and I think really that's the, a powerful lesson. Yeah, it's definitely the, pursuit of this is this is just it's funny because like I learned this stuff unconsciously when I played soccer when I played soccer I constantly wanted to be the best on the team 
you know, in comparison to others. Like, and I didn't care what whether that like meant I was digging myself into the ground. Like, as long as I was beating other players, like that's all that mattered, right? But mm. now, and like that, I think that's essentially what led to my burnout in soccer. And then, um, I guess now um, it's more of a pursuit. Uh, it, it's sort of, I guess, me against me in a way. But it's more of just like just taking pride in what I do and being great at it to the best of my ability. You know, um, if if it puts me at the top spot in a race, that's great. But if it doesn't, then I know that I did what I could do and I took a lot of pride in it and I enjoyed it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you're, even if you're not in the top spot, you know, if you love what you're doing, you take pride in it. Um, and you're good at it according to your standards, then pursue it. I love it. I love it. I think that's, that's, you know, probably, you know, a recipe for life in a way. And so if you had to give, say, three tips, I mean, I've already been some great tips throughout, but if you had to give three tips to people that were, you know, looking to get into endurance activities, um, they may already be doing some, some stuff, but what would your three tips be? Yeah. Tip number one would definitely be, um, progress slowly. Um, give your body the grace um, of time it needs to adapt to the new stimulus so if you've never ran a day in your life don't go out and run like i don't know <laughs> 100ks in a week you know yeah um start with 10k in a week and then next week 12k and then 13 14 15 and build slowly um it doesn't you're going to be a much more consistent and well-rounded athlete if you give yourself that slow building period and you're going to enjoy your sport sport much more um yeah i'd say that's tip number one build slowly um build volume slowly in endurance sports that's key um tip number two uh take time every day to move your body in ways that it generally doesn't move but make sure you're moving it moving it in a conscious um manner so every single movement you do is with control and slowly own every inch of movement um that's something that's definitely helped me uh avoid injuries and come out of injuries and stay away from them um so essentially take time every day even if it's just five to ten minutes to move with purpose um and then yeah and that will definitely help bring longevity into your endurance sports um and keep you pain-free which will just add to the fun because then you'll be able to do more stuff and <laughs> run more swim more bike more whatever it is mm. um tip number three huh let's see um something i really enjoy that's definitely really helped me um, just in my daily life and coping with stress and all that is to take time to be with take time to be with yourself take a uh, start with five minutes and meditate five five minutes a day um, that's something that's definitely helped me improve uh, performance um, in races and just handle um, just the daily life stress um, and 
it helps me recover also from big bouts of training. Um, and then, yeah, I'd say those are my three tips. So what was number oh, I like one? it. Number one, progress slowly. slowly. Number two, move with purpose. Number three, um, take time to be with yourself. Be mindful, meditate. Um, yeah, I'd say those are, and then number four, I mean, just do whatever you do to do it and enjoy it. You know, if you're doing it to win, um, that's, that's a slippery slope. <laughs> if you're doing it to be better than others, that's also a really slippery slope. Do it because you love it. And that's, that's it. And share, share your passion with others always. Um, I love it. I love it. It's cliche, but I think if you really focus on them and understand those three, four tips, it, it can really, um, help improve your life. Um, as odd as it sounds. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And look, to be honest, I've had so much fun catching up with you today. You've, you've shared so much gold, you know, right throughout this this um, interview. And I, and I really just appreciate you taking the time to have a chat. If, if people are wanting to follow along in your journey, uh, what's the best place for them to follow you? Um, my Instagram, uh, at Johnny Luna Lima. That's my Instagram handle. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm quite active there. I try to post a couple times a week, um, post stories and whatnot. Um, and then I will be sharing more on, uh, just the injury prevention side of things and just more, uh, training insight from what I've gained and learned in the past couple of years, nutrition and whatnot. Um, so yeah, follow me there. Um, if you ever want to chat, just, just DM me. Um, I'll get back to you. I promise. <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, I'm easy to reach. Um, or just comment on one of my pictures. <laughs> that works. Cool, man. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Look, well, I really, again, big thank you for, for taking the time to catch up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this was this was awesome. Uh, it would be cool to do it again, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in the future at some point. Yep. Let's, let's make that happen. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs>